Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon on Palm Sunday. Today our text is from the 12th chapter of John, verses 12 through 19, about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The next day, the great crowd had come to the festival and heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some years ago, a book was written by Gene Smith, a noted American historian. The title was When the Cheering Stopped. It was a story of President Woodrow Wilson and the events leading up to and following World War I. When that war was over, Wilson was an international hero. There was a great spirit of optimism abroad, and people actually believed that the last war had been fought and that the world had been made safe for democracy. On his first visit to Paris after the war, Wilson was greeted by cheering mobs. He was actually more popular than their own heroes. The same thing was true in England and Italy. In a Vienna hospital, a Red Cross worker had to tell the children that there would be no Christmas presents because of the war and hard times. The children didn't believe her. They said that President Wilson was coming and they knew that everything would be all right. Well, the cheering lasted about a year. Then it gradually began to stop. It turned out that the political leaders in Europe were more concerned with their own agendas than they were with lasting peace. At home, Woodrow Wilson ran into opposition in the United States Senate and his League of Nations was not ratified. Under the strain of it all, the president's health began to break. In the next election, his party was defeated and so it was that Woodrow Wilson, a man who barely a year or two earlier had been heralded as the new world Messiah, came to the end of his days, a broken and defeated man. It's a sad story and one that is sadly familiar. The ultimate reward for someone who tries to translate ideals into reality is apt to be frustration and defeat. And it's what happened to Jesus all in one week. 
Today's text starts with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem at the start of his last week of earthly life. Once word got out about his miraculous healings and his free lunch program, the crowd following him from town to town grew exponentially. Add to that crowd in Jerusalem that was there for the annual festival, and they now hear that the new prophet is coming, well, we barely have contained chaos. Is he coming? Oh yes, God willing. When will he arrive? Soon, soon. He was at Bethany just yesterday. Does he really perform miracles? Oh yes, they say he is the new Moses. God has given him such power. Well, the Pharisees are saying that his power cannot be from God because he has used it on the Sabbath. Oh, they're just jealous of the attention he gets. His father is Joseph of Nazareth from the line of King David. Surely Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to stake his claim as king. With his powers and God blessing him, he will drive out those Romans. And then... Jesus arrives. If the people had not been looking for him, they might have missed him. Some king, some warrior, he rides into town on a donkey. And where's his army? The crowd following Jesus is a ragtag bunch of peasants. But their stories of his deeds are amazing. On top of everything else, he has restored a dead man to life. And that man was dead for four days. Jesus called to him and Lazarus, that was his name, Lazarus walked out of the tomb. He pulled off his burial wrappings and sat down to lunch. The people were watching with great anticipation for the arrival of, of, of whatever they were looking for a healer with godly powers, a showman, a provider for those in need, a warrior to take back the promised land, a king to lead them back to the greatness Israel enjoyed in days gone by, someone who cared about women and children, a friend to the friendless, the Messiah, well, that's what some said, could be, but after all this time, he couldn't be the Messiah. The Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should let them know. They wanted to arrest and execute him. They claimed he was doing the devil's work, even though he said God sent him. Though the Bible does not mention it, it's quite likely that Pontius Pilate was also riding into Jerusalem at the same time as Jesus as he entered Jerusalem through the main gate at the opposite side of town, Pilate would have been riding on a grand war horse. He would have a legion of Roman soldiers following him because this would be his warning to the Passover crowds that Rome would not tolerate any signs of aggression, uprising, or violence. Pilate would find no threat in Jesus he rides on a domestic beast of burden, followed by an unarmed crowd of fans and friends. He was signaling that he came in peace. 
His only overt act was that Jesus openly rode into Jerusalem, where he knew the Pharisees were waiting to take him down. The crowds who met him spread the palm branches on the road ahead of him. Now at that time in history, the palm had become a symbol of the identity of Israel. So the people were claiming Jesus as being part of Israel's identity. Jesus was being lauded as the new king of Israel. Not a healthy thing to do in a Roman-occupied land. Jesus claimed to be one with God and challenged the Pharisees. Not a healthy thing to do in Jerusalem. But Jesus did not do what was expected of him. He did not come to be the king of Israel. He was already the king of heaven and earth. Jesus was not threatened by the Pharisees because Jesus is the ultimate high priest of all creation. No, Jesus did not do what the people expected of him. He did what God sent him to do. He came to redeem the children of God, and the Romans and the Pharisees played right into his hand. Jesus asks each one of us, who do you seek? What do you want from me? Are you looking for someone to heal your broken body? He can do it. But he may choose to say, lean on me and I will walk beside you in your pain. Are you looking for someone to restore your broken spirit? He can do it. But he may choose to give you courage in your weakness that you can bring light to someone else with a broken spirit. Are you looking for someone to remove your loneliness? He can do it. But he may allow you to remain alone so that you will have more time to study and grow in him. You may seek ways to joyfully serve him. But Jesus may say, serve me by bearing my cross. Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through 13 for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus welcomes us to follow him. However, he also asks us to set aside our plans and agendas, to seek his will, to follow his plan for us. Rather than telling Jesus our expectations of him, listen to his expectations of us. Come, follow him to the cross, and he will bless you. Amen.